I don't know if you know this, but God loves you. God loves the church. Christ died for the church. And the Holy Spirit is at work helping us who are the church to be the church God wants us to be, to be the kind of people that God would desire for us to be in all the things. We, we're looking at Paul's letter to the Ephesian church and talked about the fact that in the first three chapters he, he gave us some doctrinal teaching, some understanding of who God is and how God has done these great works in our life and the things that are part of it. And as we've moved into chapter 4, we begin discovering what that means in a practical sense, how we now, as a people of God, are to live out our faith, are to take what God has given to us and allow it to make a difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us in the community in which God has placed us. He desires for us to be the church. One of those things that stood out as we talked about the verses last week was the fact that God wants us to be united, one people, understanding that we are one in Christ and we have one Lord and one baptism and all the things that are ours because we have been born again in Jesus Christ. But God wants the church to grow. That's what he keeps on talking about. He wants us to grow. Not just numerically, although he does, because every number represents a person, and every person is a person for whom Christ died. And so it's not just about numbers for numbers' sake. It is about people for whom Jesus Christ died and longs to be a part of his family, a part of his fellowship. But he wants us to grow spiritually as well. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. You know, a lot of times people accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that's it. They never grow. They don't study the Bible. They don't pray. They don't spend time with the Lord. They don't associate with other brothers and sisters in Christ and worship and, and Bible study and the things that are there. And all they can ever tell anybody about was, well, I accepted Christ when I was 12 years old. Well, that's my story. Well, God's ready to do things in your life right now. And every day and all the time because he's constantly working in our lives to help us to be a people who are growing and becoming more and more mature in our faith that we might be people who make a difference in the world in which we live. He, he wants us to grow. He wants us to be a part of that. And he's given us everything that we need to do so. There's nothing lacking in the body of Christ that would hinder our growth except our own personal unwillingness to do so. We are gifted, we, are, we have the power of God within us, we have everything that's necessary. And that's what Paul is really picking up on and, and sharing with us as we begin in verse 7 of chapter 4 this morning and read through verse 16. And in those verses, we see again some of the work that God has done, is doing to help us be able to grow, which is what he wants us to do. All of us need to continue to grow. We need to continue to be able to reach that place. If we ever come to a spot where we feel like we've arrived, that we don't need to grow anymore, God just needs to take us home and get us out of the way because we're interfering with what people need to know and understand, that God is an active, living God that is ready to make a difference in everybody's life all the time and ready every single day to bring someone into his family through the church family that he has here as he works together. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning as we read God's Word and just honor that Word, beginning in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, starting in chapter 7, verse 7, and reading through verse 16. The Scripture says this, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. 
Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself, also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, and for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we are all attained to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the nate stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking in the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Would you pray with me? Father, as we think about these verses, I know there's a lot of things there and it's kind of a long passage to be looking at and all the different thoughts and things that are there, but Father, some key truths there that we need to hold on to, that we need to capture, that we need to allow ourselves to just take hold of us. If the truth gets a hold of us, then it'll be able to be lived out in our lives. And Father, I pray we'll understand these things and, and we'll see those. And if there's part of this that we don't really grasp, that we're not really sure about a couple of things, don't let that interfere with what we do know, with what we do understand, so that we can begin and keep on growing and growing and growing, realizing that every day of our life we need to keep growing, that we need to keep learning, we need to keep being able to be teachable, we need to keep being ready to yield to the Spirit of God in our lives that you might make us into the people that you want us to be. And so, Father, I pray that you'll take these words and that you'll apply them to our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. You know, as you and I, you may be seated, as you and I take these words and think about it, I'm going to read verse 12 for just a moment again because it's really the key to this and really the purpose of what God has for his church. It says, He's given these gifts for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. See, God has allowed us by his work in Christ and by the work of the Holy Spirit in each of our hearts, he has allowed each of us to be a part of the whole that he is working and creating to do. And so that's what we want to see and understand. First of all, he has given us everything that we need. The Bible says in those first verses that he has gifted every single one of us. Every one of us. Now, I know there's a lot of people who like to think they're humble, and they like to say, well, I don't have any gifts. I, I don't have anything that I can do. Well, you either don't know Christ, or you're just flat out not telling the truth. Because if you are a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gift or gifts. The Bible makes that explicitly clear. It doesn't leave it for debate. It doesn't make it something that we can say this or that. It just simply says that God has gifted his people. He has gifted all of us, each and every one of us, and all of us together. But he's done it with a diversified list of gifts. Not everybody's got, every, got all the gifts. Not everybody has the same gift, and thankfully we don't. You know, as we look at it and as we understand it, because it is the 
diversity of gifts that we bring together in the unity of the family of God that allows us to be able to meet every ministry need that God puts before us, allows us to teach each one, disciple each one, encourage each one, and help all of us together to grow as Christ wants us to grow because he has manifested himself in so many different ways. And it's not up to you and it's not up to me to pick out those gifts. You know, we don't do it. The Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts according to his pleasure. You can't say, well, I want this gift and practice it and practice it and practice it, and suddenly I got it. No, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It gets given to, to you and to me at the moment that we become Christians, at the moment that we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. He spiritually gifts us. Now, there's a big difference between gifts and talents. We need to understand that. A talent is, a, is a, something that it's God-given, obviously, because God creates all of us. But it can be anything and everything, and it can be used for anything in the world. I mean, you know, we don't, a lot of people have great talent. They don't use it for God. We can take a talent, commit it to God, and use it for his glory, obviously. But it's not a spiritual gift. You're born with it physically when you're born physically. And you may develop it or you may not develop it. That's your choice. But a spiritual gift is that which comes at birth, spiritual birth, new birth, when we trust Christ, it is of the Spirit of God, and it is designed for one purpose, to magnify, to, ma to build up the body of Christ and to magnify God in all that he is. It's not for any other purpose. It's not for self-glory. It's not for being able to pat myself on the back and say, well, I got this gift, and you only got that one. No, it is for all of the gifts to be used for the purpose of building up the body of Christ and glorifying God. And every one of us working together are able to do what God wants us to do as a body because that's the purpose behind his working in our lives and the presence of the Holy Spirit and what we are. And so we have all these different kinds of gifts that have been manifested to us. And the scripture makes a great, a great word here. It refers back to Psalm 68 and it talks about when Christ descended and ascended, and, and I know that can get all technical and everything like that, but basically what he's saying was when Christ came to earth, and when he came to earth, he defeated sin and he defeated death, and he gave us the promise of life everlasting and a forgiveness and a relationship with God. He, he won the victory. And in winning the victory, it is though he was a great general in a sense and he leads a great parade and he's able because he, he has captured all of the wealth and all the things of his enemies and he's brought them together and he's able to just distribute them to his people however he wants to. That's what a general would do in the war. He would win the battle, he would parade into town, he would distribute the gifts of all the spoils that he had taken in battle. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus has distributed these great gifts to every one of us. He's given us all that he has taken, all of the freedom, all the forgiveness, all the joy, all the peace, all the power, all that God has in Christ Jesus has been distributed to his people. There's nothing that you and I cannot do for his name's sake if we are willing to yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and allow him to take that which he's given to us and use it for his glory and use it for his purposes and the things that are there as we see and understand that. And that's what he wants us to take hold of, that God has gifted us, every single one of us, everyone here today that is genuinely a born-again believer has a spiritual gift, and probably more than one, but at least one. All of us do. Some of us don't care enough about it to try to discover it. Some of us don't care enough about it to use it. Some of us try to make excuses, but you have a spiritual gift that was given to you for the purpose of building up the body of Christ and glorifying God. Every one of us do. 
And the problem in the church is that most of us don't care. And very few of us purposely use that gift to build up the body of Christ. We're not using them. They're just lying dormant in our lives. But Paul is trying to tell the church at Ephesus, God, is, God wants you to grow. God wants you to, to know and experience the wonder of what it means to be filled with the power of the living God. God wants you to know and understand what it feels like to be able to be a contributor to the work of God in the midst of the people of God and to be used of God to change the world around you. God wants you to understand that it's through you that he is touching the world today. It's through you that he's loving people. It's through you that he's changing lives. It's through you that he's making such a great difference in the body of Christ and he's given you and he's given me everything that we need together and individually to do all God wants us to do in this world and yet we're not excited about it and we don't use it and we don't take any plan and purpose of it we just sit back and wait for somebody else to do it most of the time our churches just simply pay a guy like me and say you do the work we'll enjoy the fruit that's sad sad because you have as much spiritual ability as I do probably more but we're not using it. We're not using it. And that's what he's talking about. We, we need to build up the body of Christ. We need to see. And he, he talks about some special gifts that he gives to the church. Uh, every one of us have gifts, but these, there's some special individuals that he designates that are gifts to the church for the purpose of what I just read in verse 12 again, to build up the body, to help us to mature, to help us to be able to do the work of the ministry that God's called us to. Some of those in the, in the, in the New Testament time were called apostles, prophets, there's some debate today whether those still exist or not, but that doesn't matter. It's not a case of that being able to settle that. The reality is that they were gifted to the church, whether then and now or whatever. They gave some evangelists, and evangelists are those who are supposed to be out that have a special gift of leading people to Christ. But you see, the problem, the problem is, is what I like to do is say, you got the gift of being an evangelist? I don't have to ever tell anybody about Jesus. I never have to witness. I don't have that gift. Sad. Sad. Every single believer in Christ Jesus is a witness. Every one of us are to be sharing the story with as many people as we can, as often as we can, for as long as we can. But some people God gifted to be able to draw the net. Some of us plant the seed. Some of us do the watering. But some have that unique ability to just draw the net. And people just say yes when you ask them about Christ. Some are pastors and some are teachers. And they all have a special role in the building up of the body of Christ. They're not special in the sense that they're more gifted, that they have more talent, that they have more spirituality. They're gifted to do something for the benefit of the body of Christ. And that's to build it up, to encourage it, to strengthen it, and be a part of it. And so what God is trying to help us see through Paul is the realization that you and I have been brought together as a people of God so that we taking the gifts that God has given to us through salvation and his work in the Spirit, can commit that gift, our gifts, to the Lord by surrendering to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and allowing him to manifest that gift in ways that it blesses the congregation and the community and the world around us by using those things God has placed in our lives. Now, again, we're not all gifted the same way. We're all different. You know, there's some people that are teachers, And we're going to study tonight in James, for those of you who show up, that 
You need to be a little bit leery about being a teacher because of the responsibility with it, but some have a gift of teaching. I mean, they, can, they just can teach. They can open up the Word of God, and they can make it clear and plain, and it's just there for us. Some have the ability to serve. Hospitality. Kindness. Love. Some have the ability to administer. They can just take a mess and what looks like total chaos and somehow bring it into a place where it just all works the way that it needs to. And on and on I could go. I don't have time for all the gifts this morning. Well, I do, but you don't. As we look at the things that are going on and being a part of what's happening and understanding the things that are here. But we all have those things. And we have a passion in our heart. You know, when you're doing something that God has gifted you to do, you just love it. It's not a burden. It's not a chore. It's not something, man, i got to go up and do this. No, when you, when you get a hold of that gift, when you let God get a hold of you, and, and you get a hold of what God loves you to do and you love to do, it's just a, you, you desire to do it. You have a passion to do it. You look for opportunities to put it into practice and to use that giftedness. And sometimes the church has hurt you because we've not always been willing to recognize the spiritual gift that you may have and give you the opportunity to put it into practice and give you the chance to use it the way that it should. But we're supposed to be helping each other discover our gifts and each other to put those gifts to use and each other to be able to manifest the glory of God through our lives and encourage one another and strengthen one another and build one another through the gifts that God has given to us and being a part of those kind of things, all for the purpose of growth. God wants you to grow. He wants us all to grow individually. He wants us to grow collectively as a church as we look at it. And and that growth is about maturity. See, what he said in those last verses is that we grow so that we come to a place in our lives that we know that we know that we know that we know first and foremost that I am a child of God and then I know what I believe and I know as the song says to whom I have committed all that I am and all that I hope I know them so that so that I'm not one of those people who who can be tossed to and fro today I heard this great teacher today and this is what I believe and then I, I went to bed last night listening to a sermon, and I woke up this morning, and I don't believe that anymore. I, I believe this. I mean, this guy was great. You should have heard him. And we go to and fro. We believe this, and we believe that. And we go here, and we go there. And we never can just settle down upon the foundation of the Word of God that has given to us through Jesus Christ and, and the Word that He preserved for us in the Bible that we can just know this is what God says. That's where I stand. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the popular belief is. It doesn't even matter what religion says. The Bible says that this is what God has said. And because God said it, that makes it so. And that's where I stand. And that's where he wants us to grow. That's the maturity that's supposed to come to us so that we're not tossed to and fro. We're not wavering. We're not back and forth. Because those people who waver, those people who go back and forth, are easily deceived by false teaching, easily led astray into things that aren't right. But if we put our foundation in the Word of God and we become mature by allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us and illumine us and let us know that Word and understand that Word and we work together to teach that Word and disciple one another and grow one another, then we become mature in our faith. That's what he's talking about when he talks about to the perfect man mature that we become complete in our understanding we become mature in who we are and, and what that does is that it gives you and, and it gives me the opportunity to understand that we are a part of something so great so amazing that nothing can defeat it that nothing can overwhelm and not even the gates of hell can stand against it we are a part of the body of Christ the church 
And we have the unique, wondrous privilege to teach one another, to encourage one another. See, if I accept my responsibility as a member of this church, well, officially I'm not a member of this church, but as a member of the church, then I'm going to pour my life into each one of you. Because I want you to be the best you can be in God's kingdom. I want you to know the wonder of what it means to be a victorious Christian. I want you to walk in the fullness that God has for us. I want you to be loved and know how to love. I want you to know what it is to be, have been kind, people be kind to you, and how to be kind to others, be filled with joy and peace. And, all. and that's going to be the purpose of my life, and it needs to be the purpose of your life, is that we're pouring each other. We're all responsible for one another. See, no one's by themselves. We're all accountable for how we treat one another, how we teach one another, how we pray for one another, how we encourage one another, how we build up one another. It's part of who we are as a body of Christ. And that's what Paul was talking about here as the Holy Spirit directed him, that we're being led to maturity so that we understand I have a, God, I have a gift. And because I have a gift, I have an accountability. And because I have an accountability, I need to put that gift to practice in helping others. I'm responsible. If I don't carry my load, how can the church be all that it's supposed to be? If I'm letting two or three people, a handful of people, do all the work, how can the church be what God wants it to be? Because he put us all here, and he gifted us all. And we're all accountable to one another, but more than that, accountable to him for what we do with what we have. That's what he's trying to get at, is that we have called, and with the purpose of love behind it, we build one another up to that maturity and that growth. God has given you, and he's given me, and he's given all of us all that we need to grow the church. We don't need anything else. But now he's put it in our hands. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the giftedness that I've given you? What are you going to do with the calling I've placed upon your life? What are you going to do for your brothers and sisters that together you might be this body that magnifies the wonder and the glory of our great God and builds and encourages every life among you? Ball's in our hands. God's given us all we need. What are we going to do? Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we pray together, during this time we've listened to your word, we've sung some great messages together. We've prayed, we've shared communion, we've done things this morning that we do as a church. But God, if that's all that we ever do, somehow we're missing what it really means to be a church. Because the scripture makes it very clear that you've gifted us and you've made us able to do all that you expect of us to do. And you've brought us together so that we can strengthen one another in unity and we can strengthen one another in encouragement and teaching and discipling and praying and caring and all the wonderful things that we can do together as a family, as a body. And you've done all of that in order that we might grow 
individually, spiritually, to maturity, that we might grow as a church to being a mature church, being the kind of church you want us to be, and that we might take that into a world that's desperately in need of God's people being God's people. Father, whatever your need, your work, your desire, your plan for each of us, I pray this morning that individually we'll just open our minds and our hearts and just surrender. What is it that you want to do in my life? How do you want to use me in the ministry of this church, in the ministry of being a child of God? And that we might all be willing to just simply say, I surrender. I give it all to you. God, I want to be used by you. First, to be the person you called me to be. And then to help others reach their potential, their maturity in Christ. So speak to our hearts and draw us to you, I pray in Christ's name.